Welcome to First Baptist Church of China Grove. We're going to take up this week where we left off last week talking about prayer. And we're going to continue to talk about that subject until we get it right. Uh, and so I encourage you to pray, to be praying. Uh, I've been calling on Christians day and night to pray, at least twice a day, and more often if you desire. I certainly do. Uh, I find myself in prayer. I witnessed to a Muslim just several years ago uh, living here in the United States. And he was talking to another fellow that I knew and had witnessed to, and he was a Christian. And the, the Christian asked him how many times a day he prayed. Well, he very pridefully said, I, as a Muslim, pray devoutly three times a day. I said, that's wonderful. And the guy looked at me, and he knew what my answer was going to be. And he said, how many times, Chris, do you pray a day? Oh, I said, anywhere from 30 to 60 times a day. The, the Muslim was absolutely blown away. You could tell the expression on his face changed. And if you're a Christian and you're walking with the Lord, you're going to find yourself in prayer. As Charles Spurgeon said, we're in the attitude of prayer all the time. Because I find myself, if I think of somebody praying for them, I find myself as I'm going to make a visit to pray that God will make the way there in the visit. Whatever the situation, I find myself praying. It would not be unusual for me to pray 30 times a day. It would be unusual for me to pray less than 10 times a day, I would say. Now, I'm not talking about an hour each time. They may be five-minute prayers. They may be two-minute prayers. They may be 15-minute prayers. I don't know. But many times a day, I find myself calling upon God for different reasons. And I think this should be every Christian. We should be calling upon God. Uh, I like the old story about Billy Graham. They said even he, he prays even uh, for a parking space. And believe you me, with my knees, I found myself praying for a parking place many times. So um, that's an important issue. Uh, well, welcome this morning. We're glad that everybody's on with us, and good things are happening here at the church, and I'm sure you've been notified of them, and good things coming down the road. And We're all excited, I think, about what God has for you as a church in the future. I certainly am. Uh, let's begin by looking at Luke 18 this morning, and it starts this way, and he spake a parable, Jesus did. Unto them to this end, that men ought always to pray and not to faint or give up. There was a city, there was in a city a judge which feared not God, neither regarded man. And there was a widow in that city, and she came unto him, saying, Avenge me of mine adversary. And he would not for a while, but afterwards he said within himself, Though I fear not God, nor regard man, Yet because this widow troubles me, I will avenge her, lest her continual coming she weary me. 
And the Lord said, Hear what the unjust judge saith. Well, God has certainly called us in this time, in the year 2020, the year of our Lord 2020, has called us as Christians into a greater, greater way of prayer. The world might get worse. That just means we have to pray more and harder. That's exactly what it means. And don't, don't give up. And that's why he says here, we ought always to pray not to give up. And we have seen this by example in Jesus and the apostles. They prayed often over many things. Uh, Jesus even went out into the desert, prayed all night. Uh, all things of God, all great things of God, are accomplished by prayer. First Baptist Church, you're looking at a new pastor coming down the road. You better be praying. Prayerfully prepare his way. Be praying for your pastor. You've been praying for your search committee. Well, they seem to have found somebody. Now shift gears and start praying for him. Pray for the church as he comes in that, that God will work mightily. Now's not a time to let up. Now's the time to push the accelerator down a little bit. And I know we think that, oh, we can relax now. We've got a pastor. Don't do that. Don't, a lot of churches do that. They've got an interim or they're going through a time they don't, and they, they kind of get in there and work hard and pray hard. And, and then you go, thank goodness we've got a pastor. He can do it now. We'll just kick back. Don't do that. That's the worst thing you can do. Now's the time to press the accelerator down. Pray. What, is, what does it say in 1 Thessalonians 5.17? Pray without ceasing. You say, well, Pastor, I've got to work and sleep. Yes, I know, but you have breaks. You have lunch, lunch hour. Uh, you wake up. I wake up in the night. A lot of times I wake up in the night, and I've trained myself to do this. So I start praying. Oh, there's nothing. I tell you, there's no peace like being praying prayerful at night and falling asleep in the arms of Jesus. I've said that before. And wake up with just a spiritual freshness to your life. You, you appreciate what a great thing that is if that ever happens to you. But verse 7, God shall not, shall not God avenge his own elect, which cried day and night unto him, though he bear along with them. How often do they pray? Day and night. You know, I always find that an interesting statement. It says pray always, then pray day and night. You know, our enemy is working against us day and night. Revelation says he accuses us day and night. Isn't that interesting? And here we're to pray day and night. The elect are to pray day and night. And how long do we? And how long we pray day and night? Uh, the judge didn't want to listen. He did not want to listen to this woman. He was not a godly man. He wouldn't listen on the basis of morality. But he listened because she continually asked. And Jesus is, and he's encouraging us to continually ask. People say, "Well, I prayed one time. God heard me the first time." Well, God may not think you're too serious if you pray just once. I knew a lady that prayed every day for 30 years for her husband to be saved. And after the end of 30 years, guess what happened? He got saved. 30 years. Every day. 
She never gave up. Uh, her name is Mrs. Ferriazzi down in West Hollywood, Florida. I always wonder what would have happened had she missed a day. Would he have been saved? I don't know. But it says here not to faint, not to fail, not to be weary. Don't be weary. Don't be weary in well-doing, the Scripture said. This is the story of a judge, again, who did not want to listen. But yet, hear what the unjust judge says. This woman will weary me, and I have to listen to her. Look, if you will, at 1 Timothy 2, 1 through 5. I want to share this with you. This is something about prayer that we need to understand, too. The teaching of prayer for everyone. I exhort, therefore, this is Paul, that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and don't forget that part of prayer is giving of thanks. Amen? Don't forget to thank God. Let me just emphasize that. Don't forget to thank God. A thankful heart goes a long way with God. If you're not thankful for what God has given you, he's unlikely to give you more. Be thankful. But giving of thanks, that's part of prayer. But listen to what it is. Supplication, praying for others, prayers, interceding, giving of thanks, be made for all men. All men. Your enemies. Those that don't like you. Those that do like you. For your pastor. For your deacons. For kings, verse 2, and all that are in authority, how often do you pray for the president? And I've had people say through years, well, I don't like the president. God didn't say, I don't see that in here. Pray if you like the president. God says you pray for him anyway. And I have spent obediently praying for the president. I can say for the last 20 years, for the president, no matter who he was. And my wife even got on and says, do you really think it's going to help? And I said, oh, what a thing if this president would get saved. You know? And we have a Christian vice president now, and you know, I can't help. What if, uh, what if uh, Donald, and I don't know where Donald Trump's spiritual life is, but what if Donald Trump and Joe Biden... Got gloriously saved. That would be a wonderful event, wouldn't it? Whew. I'm loving. But for kings and for those in authority that we, why? That we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. Folks, as a Christian, do you want to lead a quiet, peaceable life to be able to live for the Lord and serve Him and share the word? Then pray for those in authority. This is good and acceptable in the sight of God, our Savior, who will have all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of truth. That means it's God's God would, perfect will for that to happen. It doesn't mean it will happen. In fact, it won't. We know it won't happen. So, we have this story here uh, back to Luke 18. And I'd like you to look with me in Luke chapter 6, verse 12. While we're here. And again, looking at the life of Jesus in prayer. What did Jesus do when he prayed? Well, let's look at Luke 6, 12. 
And it came to pass in those days that he went out into a mountain to pray and continued all night in prayer to God. That's not the first time we will find this, nor the last. And even at the end of his life, he came to the Garden of Gethsemane, and we know that he prayed for hours. And he prayed so intensely that the blood vessels in his eyes burst. It says then in Matthew 26, then cometh Jesus to a place called Gethsemane, and saith to the disciples, sit ye here while I go and pray yonder. And then in verse 41, watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. And the flesh keeps us from praying as we ought to pray. And what kind of prayer do we pray? Well, the Bible says, an effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. James 5, 16. That means a prayer with much energy, a prayer with much intent, a prayer that puts our deepest heart and soul into praying. It's an effectual prayer. Do you pray that way? Unfortunately, I hear a lot of Christians, and, and even people in my family, I don't want to say who, do this. I say, pray, pray for the blessing. Lord, thank us for the... It's the same prayer every time. Thank you for the food. Thank you for the grub, you know, uh, kind of thing. And, and it's the same prayer. There was no thought put into it, just mimicking some words that you've said before. My, my lands, I, I like to pray better than that for my, even for my food. I, I don't want a stale, rehearsed prayer. I want something from my heart. So sometimes I'll just, and I've even said it, Lord, thank you. I, I love this chicken and rice. And I'm glad that my wife made it today. I mean, I'll, I'll make it a very personal prayer. And I think that, that prayer just on the blessing of our food ought to be a fresh, fervent prayer. Okay? So when we come to prayer, let's not get in these canned prayers. Let, let's, let's pour out our heart to God. Uh, if, if we were looking down in Luke 18, and I'm going to go back there just for a moment. Luke 18, verses 10 through 14, it says this. Two men went up into a temple to pray. One was a Pharisee, the other a publican. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank thee that I am not as other men, uh, as extortioners, unjust adulterers. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I possess. And the publican standing far off could not lift up so much as his eyes into heaven and smote upon his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, Jesus said, this man went down justified more than the other. For everyone that exalts himself should be abased, and he that humbleth himself should be exalted. When we come before God, let's not tell God all that we've done for him. He knows. He also knows all that we haven't done for him. Uh, don't try to brag with God. And confession. And we need to be like, listen, I don't care how good you think you are, we all need to be like the publican. Because I guarantee there are things we've left undone. I know in my life that's true. There are things I've left undone. I've had a book that should have been published three years ago. It's about to be published. 
But I, what have I done? I've procrastinated. Should have been done maybe five years ago. I don't know. But, you know, I, I, God, I'm sorry. Be merciful to me. I'm a sinner. And I get, invo- I get involved in watching Perry Mason like the rest of you. I mean, I mean, you know, I can't help myself. If Perry Mason's on, I'm probably watching that or Matlock. Amen. I got an amen on that. So, you know, we're all like the publican. No matter how good you think you are, you're the publican. Don't think you're the other guy. Well, the other guy was worse off. God said he was worse because he thought he was good. So don't go to God thinking you're good. When you go in prayer, part of that effectual, fervent prayer is telling God that you're a sinner. The other thing is, are you willing to give up something to get God to listen to you? Remember the disciples went out and they couldn't. They said, Lord, we couldn't cast a demon. He said, this kind comes only out by prayer and fasting. In other words, if you want this to happen, you're going to have to give something up for God. You say, Pastor, that doesn't sound very gracie. I know it doesn't. But sometimes God requires an extra measure for extra strength. You know, that, that's that, that, that part in there. And if, if fasting means giving up Coca-Colas and sending that money to a missionary, amen, that's a good thought, isn't it? Give up Coca-Colas for a year and send that money to missionaries. Oh, wow. And I guarantee you, most people spend a couple of dollars on Coca-Colas a day. And if you go to some restaurant, you're going to pay $3 for a drink. It's $3 right there. Why, you know, in a short period of time, you'd have $50 a month, I guarantee you, spending soft drinks. Give up. We did that one time at our church. Give it up. Or how about giving up TV for two months and study your scripture instead? You say, Pastor, nobody, nobody could give up TV for that long. Good grief. What do you think? I mean, it's TV. Well, listen, let me tell you something. I was long in the ministry. And I prayed to God, and I said, God, I've been working on my doctorate for a long time. I need to get it done. And how am I going to do it? How am I going to do it? This is going to take a tremendous amount of work. I don't know that I got it. I'm 50-something years old. How am I going to get my doctorate? And you know what happened? God showed me a way. I got up at 5 a.m. in the morning. I studied for four hours. I came home at five, studied for four or five more hours. And I did that every day of the week, five days a week. I would take off on Saturday for two years. And as I told Dr. Harris today, we had lunch, I watched very little TV. A little bit on Saturday. For two years? Two years. And I finished my doctorate in two years. That's some kind of record. And he said, well, I bet you didn't make good grades. I graduated cum laude. I think that's how he said Very high honors. Um, A plus grade point average. Point B is sometimes we have to sacrifice. And God answered my prayer. I got the doctorate done. And 
You know, I paid a price for it. But it was worth it. Are you willing to go to God and say, Lord, I'm serious. I'm so serious, Lord. I want our country to repent and return to God. Then I'm willing to give up something. Are you willing? I'm asking for it, Lord. I'm asking and praying, and I'm so serious. I'm fervent in this prayer that I am willing to do something. And again, Matthew 17, 21, they could not cast out the demon. He said, but this comes out by fasting and prayer. So what kind of praying are we doing? What kind of praying are we doing? And that's a great question to ask. Oh, yes, thank you, Lord. Bless this meal. Amen. You know, Jesus, forgive me for my sins. Amen. That, that kind of praying, that's not a very serious kind of praying. That, that might be whatever, but don't go that way. Meaningful and serious prayer comes from the very core of our being. It is not superficial or redundant or necessarily off the top of our head. You might say, well, I don't know how to pray like that. I can't pray like that, Pastor. I can't pray the way I need. Well, let me tell you something. God says he will give you some help. Yes, he will. In Romans chapter 8, and we're going to get there, God's going to give you some help in your prayer life. And here it is. Romans 8, verse 26 and 27. And he says, Likewise, the Spirit also helps our infirmities. And we have humanly infirmities, frailties, things that get, you know, things that get in our way with prayer. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought. We, sometimes we just don't know how. We don't know how to pray, what to pray. We're, we're kind of lost in that. But the Spirit itself maketh intercession. You go to God and say, Lord, there are burdens of my heart. This is, this is what I'm burdened for. Help me in my prayer life. And the Spirit will make intercession. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Now, the verse after that, we never equate the two previous verses, which are about prayer, says, and we know that all things work together to the good, to them that love God are called according to his purpose. Hey, maybe that's because we're prayerful. And after we pray and find out God's will, then all things work together for good. Ooh. You know, we often don't equate those verses together. Maybe we should. I've often said we, we do ourselves a disfavor by taking, pulling verses out of context. And we need to leave them in context sometimes. Remember that when we're prayer, we're seeking God, not just answers. We are seeking God, not just answers. And never, never, never forget that. Remember, prayer can be answered in many ways. Never yes, yes, yes or no, not now, wait, but not the way you think. I always like the one, but not the way you think. Yes, but not the way you think. And uh, that's what happened to me. I've told the story about getting married. and You know, I was going to marry a blonde girl and I ended up marrying a brunette. So, you know, not yes, but not what you think. That's the way it happens. 
He knows what we have need of before we ask Him, it says in Scripture. And ask in the name of Jesus. Remember, He knows what we have need of. He said, well, then why should I ask? Because He wants you to ask. And we have not because what? What does the Scripture say? We have not because we ask not. So, Pastor, why are you challenging us on prayer? You need it. Good things are coming just around the corner. Big things are happening at First Baptist. Now's the time to be prayerful. Keep the enemy restricted out the door. Pray like you've never prayed. Pray for great things to happen. You know, this church could just break loose at this time. And I'm praying that some great things will happen. So the time for prayer, now. Don't forget it. Matter of fact, let's pray today. Lord, we do pray. We pray for the things here at the church. Pray for all that's going on. Pray for the, you'd prepare the heart of the new pastor. Prepare the congregation for him. And Lord, that you will bless in a great and mighty, mighty way. We thank you for the work of the pastor search committee, their dedication, their hard work, their sacrifice. And Lord, now you're rewarding that. And we thank you in the blessed name of Jesus. Amen. God bless you, First Baptist.